1 Corinthians 15. Hallelujah. I pray your strength in the Lord. Y'all don't pray for me. I'm going to pray for y'all tonight. Let me, let me pray for y'all. Father, strengthen your people tonight. Let your grace be upon them. Glory to God. Take heed how you hear. Position yourself to hear the word of God. Pastor Kim shared it with us on Sunday, uh, how important that is. And uh, minister to us in a powerful way when receiving instruction or uh, we, we could say receiving correction. Praise God. And that was some corrective word. You know, wasn't, wasn't the kind people would be all running around sowing seed and dancing on the, on the chairs. But it's the kind of word that if you take it, it'll change your life. And that's what we're after. We're, we're not, no time when we preach are we after people dancing on the chairs. And that's not what we're after. We're not after having people run around. We're after people's lives being changed. You know, if we just wanted to have, you know, we, we could preach evangelistic kind of messages or those kind of things where you just get all excited and we just move on. But we're here pastoring you. And in pastoring you, uh, we have to sit here and watch you and, and try to guide you and lead you. And we want to see the changes in your lives. Amen. We want to see your life improve in uh, drastic ways. And so, so sometimes the message isn't rah, rah, rah. Sis boom ba. Sometimes it's just right cut to the chase. Amen. Praise God. But it's for our good. It's profitable for correction, for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. Praise God. All right. Where did I tell y'all to go? Okay, good. All right, let's go to verse 33. Verse 33. Okay. Okay, let's read this together tonight. Ready? Read. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. Everybody say good habits. So we see here that you and I can have good habits. But if you get around the wrong company or the wrong the wrong communication, it corrupts good habits and so you no longer have good habits you'll end up with bad habits right and the Bible says uh, starts right off there in that verse by saying don't be deceived so how many of y'all know if it says don't be deceived it's very possible de to be deceived and would you would you uh, uh, understand that most people in the body of Christ many are uh, woefully deceived in this area and think well I can just you know uh, it doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what I listen to, it doesn't matter who I'm around, it doesn't matter what I see, it doesn't matter. But it absolutely matters. Because evil communication, uh, he says here evil company, King James says evil communication, uh, it corrupts good habits. King James says the word manners. I'm going to teach you that tonight. Tonight I want to talk on, we began last Wednesday uh, in the message Breaking Bad. Tonight we're going to talk about breaking bad habits. Breaking bad habits. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you so much in advance for the word that we shall receive tonight. The word is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word knows how to divide asunder soul and the spirit. It knows how to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart knows how to get right between the joints and the marrow. Your, your word knows how to get right up in there and cut and do what it needs to do. Cut and heal at the same time. 
You said one time in the word of God that you wound and you heal. Yes. Hallelujah. You, you wound and you bind up. Yes. Thinking that his word knows how to go in and wound and cut whatever is wrong out and heal us up, Lord, so that we're now effective people for the, uh, for the kingdom of God. Speak to us for your servants we hear. We intend to obey everything that we receive tonight. Father, let the hearing be clear. Let the speaking be clear tonight. And let, let your uh, spirit move in this place in a mighty way we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, take your seats tonight. Breaking bad habits. Breaking bad habits. Doesn't sound like a very exciting topic again, but um, I believe it'll help us to get where we need to be in the Lord. Amen. Now, we've been talking again about breaking evil cycles. Uh, for example, cycles of sickness and disease, uh, cycles of lack and poverty and debt, cycles of uh, spiritual failure. Uh, so many people in the body of Christ are still stuck in uh, the ruts or those cycles of failure and defeat. When God already made a way for us, for every believer, to be free from those. Am I right about it? Now, if you remember, I, I taught to you about three forces that God gave us that we can use to break out of evil cycles. One force I talked about was the blood of Jesus. Everybody say the blood of Jesus. The blood, the blood, knows, the blood has a power to break every cycle. Amen. I, we talked to you then beyond the blood of Jesus. We talked about uh, the, the sacrificial seed. Remember, it got cricket quiet in here. It got graveyard quiet. We talked about sacrificial seed. Amen? But the vow, God said, I, I'll cut off the spirit of princes. Glory to God. And so that's one of the ways that we can break out of cycles. Uh, my wife and I can attest to both of these so far, all three I'll talk about. Uh, but we know about the seed, how, how God used the seed and the vow to break us out of these cycles, the cycle of poverty. Glory to God. The cycle of debt. Amen? And uh, we, were, we were in these cycles because we had bad habits. And, uh, but God changed everything around for us. Amen? So we talked about, again, the blood, talked about the vow or sacrificial seed, but then we also mentioned something called the blessing. Everybody say the blessing. The Bible says in, in uh, Proverbs 10, the bless of the Lord, it makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So the blessing is a force. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, or it makes one rich. So the blessing is a force that forces you into prosperity. You understand? The blessing only has one direction. We learned that. The blessing only has one mode, one, one way of operating. It's meant to make you rich, to increase you. Uh, and don't just think financially, please. Uh, don't limit it to that. It includes finances, absolutely. But it'll make you rich in every area of your life. Right? Praise the Lord. And so those are forces that God gave us now. So what, what it is, is though we said believers can go from uh, repeated cycles of failure and defeat to now recurring cycles of, of, of success and victory, right? You and I, uh, y'all were here last week? Yes. Or you gone over last week's message? Yes. You and I aren't meant to be stuck in a cycle of, of, of defeat and failure and lack and sickness. That's not, that doesn't belong to us. We're different. We're called to live unparalleled lives. You understand? Uncommon lives. We're not common anymore. Praise the Lord. What God has cleansed, let no man call common. God has cleansed us, so we're not common anymore. 
We're not common men. We're not mere men and mere women. What the world deals with, we're not called to deal with. Praise God. I, I admonish you to go back over last week's message again and again. All right, now, so we live in victory. Live, we live in victory. Everybody say we live in victory. Second Corinthians 2.14, the King James Bible, it says, uh, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. He always causes us to triumph. So he makes me win. He makes me win. Everybody say I'm a winner. You know, when, when you, when you, when you uh, get accustomed to winning, uh, you develop an expectation of winning. Which would mean no matter how far down you are, you expect to win. I was, I was watching my house, and we, we, we've been watching uh, uh, the NBA playoffs. Some of y'all may be familiar with the NBA playoffs. How many of y'all know uh, the NBA playoffs? Nobody? Okay. Well, I, uh, NBA, NBA playoffs. Uh, and on, on the Western Conference side, uh, there's a team called the Golden State Warriors. Some of you are familiar with them. And they've been playing, or they were playing, uh, this team called the Portland Trailblazers. And game one, uh, Warriors came out and did what the Warriors do. You know, they came out and beat them pretty handily. But then game two came, and, and the Portland Trailblazers have figured out how to, how to defend them pretty well <coughs> and how to move. And the Portland Trailblazers, they, they took a lead of 15, 16, 17 points. And I thought, well, game's over. You know, they're going to... And you look up, and here come the, war, the Warriors won the game. Warriors won the game. All right, well, home court advantage helped them out. Well, then the game three, they moved over to Portland. So now Portland has home court advantage, and they're on fire. All their fans are in the building. And so they get out to a 15, 16, 17-point lead in that game. I know for sure. Game's over. It's going to be, you know, 2-1 now. And you look up, lo and behold, and here come the Warriors roaring right back. Bam, they win the game. I'm saying, what in the world is this? Now it's 3-0. Now I'm thinking, well, okay, Portland, no, this is do or die. It's win or stay home. Right? So here it is, game four, and I look up, and here it is. Portland's up 15, 16, 17 points in game four. And I know, okay, surely, because they're fighting for their lives now, they're going to win. And you look up, lo and behold, and here come the Warriors warring right back again, and they win the game, sweep the series 4-0, go home. And so they begin to interview the players. Hey, what is it? How, what is it? And, 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 and uh, one of the guys uh, mentioned, I won't call his name, but he said, he said, we just have a culture of winning. We just, have, we just expect to win. See, when you expect to win, when you expect something good is, is going to happen, this is y'all don't 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 call me arrogant. Don't don't think that it's just in my life. I expect something good is bound to happen It used to be I, I expected something bad was gonna happen, but now I always expect something good is bound to happen And I think in the way I think it might happen tonight. It might happen tomorrow morning There's Something good is happening to me every day. I just expect something good all the time. I don't expect evil Remember we dealt with that last week, Jabez? In 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10, uh, the Bible says Jabez prayed and he said, Lord, he said, bless me indeed, enlarge my territory. He said, let your hand be upon me. Then he had the nerves to say, keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. He asked God to protect him 
from all the evil in the world. Now that word, that word evil didn't mean, uh, Lord, keep, keep me away from uh, uh, a devil coming and sitting on my porch, you know. He meant keep me from all the injuries, calamities, the uh, poverty, the lack, the sickness. Remember, I defined that for you last week. All right, not a made up definition. This is right from the Hebrew, what that word raw, evil meant, and it meant everything bad you can think of. Unhappiness, uh, being unkind, all that kind of good stuff that was in there, bad stuff it was in there rather. Misery, injury, calamity, all that kind of stuff. He said, keep me from it, and, and the Lord said, okay. The Lord granted his request, First Chronicles 14. He granted his request. And I share with you <clears throat> that here he is under an old covenant, and God would keep that promise out of an, under an old covenant, then how much more would he do that for you and me under a new covenant, what Hebrews calls a better covenant, based on better promises with a better mediator? Okay? So you and I can expect to live trouble-free lives. <laughs> I don't know if y'all got that yet. You and I should expect to live Trouble, free life. No trouble, no trouble. Now when you read this in the New King James, it says, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. But you read other translations, it'll say things like, keep me from evil that I will experience no pain. That I will not be hurt. All different translations, that, that they, they correct it by saying that nothing happens to me. Glory to God. So you and I should not be expecting anything bad to happen to us. Now I know that goes totally against, it rubs against, it rubs against our normal way of thinking. But that normal way of thinking is what's gotten people in trouble. When people keep saying, why do bad things happen to good people? It's because they have an expectation of bad. But you and I should have always an expectation of good. Glory to God. In fact, we ought to have, uh, I, I coin this phrase, unrealistic expectations. Say it, I have unrealistic expectations. See, the world wants us to have realistic expectations. Or, you know, just normal thing, you got to go through the common cold and the flu and all that kind of stuff. But you and I are not common people. Do you understand we're sanctified? Sanctified isn't a church. It's a condition. It's a, it's a separation set apart under God. Now, if I'm separated, uh, this ain't my message. This is, but if I'm separated, then it ought, to, it ought to be for me just like it was for the children of Israel when they were in Egypt when those plagues came. When those plagues came in Egypt, when there was, when there was darkness all over Egypt, in Goshen there was all light. When locusts and flies and lice and frogs were swarming all over Egypt, nothing at all was happening. There was a wall, a, 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 a supernatural wall that no one could see in the natural, but it had to be there because those lice could get up against that wall and fall and move back. They couldn't, they couldn't touch the children of Israel and Goshen. That's under an old covenant. How much more? Should you and I be living behind that wall? You and I are part of a gated community. <laughs> we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We must say of the Lord, He is our refuge, our fortress, our God, and Him we trust. 
Glory to God. All right, now. I gave you last week John 17, 15. Let me hurry through this other part here. Jesus told, Jesus prayed a prayer for us. He said, keep them from evil. He said, don't take them out of the world. Keep them from the evil. Okay? That word evil I gave to you last week, paneros, which means annoyances and hardships and toils and perils and all different things like that, all kind of bad stuff, diseases and blindness and all that kind of stuff. But then in John 17, verse 16, in the message translation, he says this. He says, they are not defined by the world any more than I am defined by the world. So you and I are not defined by the world, its standards, its operation, its culture, its way of thinking, its expectation. Okay? Now that's what we took... uh, Great, we went through great lengths to explain that last week. And I hope you got it. I hope you got it. Online, I hope you got it. Because all of that goes into something called, listen to this, a belief system. Everybody write that down, belief system. If, you, if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, don't worry about it. But if, if you are, write that word down, belief system. Because, again, why do bad things happen to good people? Is because of a belief system. Yes, sir. Is what you believe. See, if you believe that, then you are, whether you understand it or not, releasing your faith for that. In the world, in the in the in the New Age movement, they call it something like the law of traction, law of attraction, self-fulfilling prophecies. That's what they say. But for us, it is not that. There's no such thing as that. It's it's releasing your faith. We don't get into that new age stuff. You get into that and you're going to be in a lot of trouble. We release our faith whether we know it or not. So when you have a belief system that says bad things always happen, then out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks bad things happen. And then you have what you say. Am I still in the Bible? You have what you say, and you're saying what's in your heart, and what's in your heart is based is part of your is is comprised of your belief system. Okay, so what what we're trying to do in this church in this ministry is change your belief system. <laughs> Jazz, we're trying to brainwash you. That's what they're telling us anyway. They telling they telling all y'all. They trying to brainwash y'all. They're exactly right. We're trying to wash your brain of all those thoughts of evil, all those thoughts of lack and poverty, all those thoughts of sickness and disease, all those thoughts of I'm going to die young, all those thoughts of you can't have whatever you say, all those thoughts that, that keep us bound and stuck in a rut. We're trying to brainwash you. They're absolutely right. If you're watching online, I'm just warning, warning, warning. We are trying to brainwash you. Your brain needs to be washed. Okay? Your brain is the physical house of your mind. Your mind, your heart. So your belief system causes, 
is, is building trees. It's, it's causing things to be released in your life. You got it? And so when you have a belief system, you then develop something called habits. All right. So I want you to hear this statement here. I want you to hear this statement. Although God's people are no longer defined by the world, and we read it in John 17, 16, right? Message translation. Although we are no longer defined by the world, nor under the curse, nor the power of darkness, many of God's people are stuck in evil cycles due to their inability or unwillingness to break bad habits. This is a Wednesday night message here. This isn't a Sunday message. It's a Wednesday night. Y'all can handle this on Wednesday night. Wednesday night is discipleship class. <laughs> Sunday is just membership. But Wednesday night is discipleship. It's generally the ones who are really intent on I'm growing. I need, I, need, I need to go deep. I need to go higher. I need, I need to mature. And so you all can handle that. Because people want to put the blame for where they are in life on somebody else. Sometimes even God. The foolishness of man perverts his way and his heart frets against the Lord. The foolishness of man ruins his life and his heart frets against the Lord. Well, something must be wrong with the Lord. Why did God let, let all this bad stuff happen? Why is God, God, why are you let me go through this? And God is saying, hey, hey, it's not me. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I've set before you. I've laid, I've given you everything. Life, death, blessing, cursing. He says, <clears throat> smarty, choose life. He tells us ahead of time, choose life. That's what De Deuteronomy 30 is somewhere around there. Choose life that's so that both you and your children may live. So, yeah, he says, so you and your children may live. Multigenerational life and prosperity and goodness. He said, I've said it before you, so don't look at me when things are going wrong. This is what I'm talking about for God. Don't, don't, don't be looking back up here. Don't look back here. Look within. Look within you. What's in your heart? What's in your belief system? Now, I trust you all can handle this tonight. What's in your belief system? Because it's your belief system that's keeping you stuck or keeping you in a cycle. It's not God. He's already done everything he's going to do. Tell me, neighbor, God's already done everything he's going to do. He's done. You mean he ain't going to do anything else? Nope. Well, he ain't going to come through. Oh, yeah, he going to come through, but he's already done everything necessary for you to already come through. The Bible says in Hebrews that he already finished his works before the foundation of the world, Hebrews chapter 4. Then in John 19, Jesus got up on the cross, and when he was done, he said, it is finished. So now you got to walk it out. You got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm working in you both the will and do of my good pleasure, but you got to work it out. Y'all yes. follow me? Yes, so God wants us, he wants us out of cycles, he wants us out of ruts, he wants us unstuck. 
But for that to happen, he knows that there's some bad habits that we that must be broken so that we can now move out and move up and move into what God has for us. Now, none of y'all have ever experienced this because all y'all always been city folk, always lived on well-paved streets and never, never parked anywhere. Uh, but there, there are times I have, uh, I've, I've parked, somebody, some of y'all might understand this, Deacon, Deacon, y'all might know. You parked on somewhere and it was, uh, it was dirt and it rained and it turned muddy. And you turn your car on, getting ready to take off, and all of a sudden you, you realize you're not, rather than taking off, you're going, you're, you're sinking. Right? And the more you hit that gas, the deeper you just, you kicking mud all out of the place. And everybody like, stop, stop, stop. You ain't going nowhere. And you can say, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a break. Then I'm going to do it again. Maybe it'll work this time. What's going to happen? It's not going to work. You're going to get deeper in that hole, in that rut that you were already in. Doing the same thing. So what has to happen, y'all know, you got to get somebody, hey, go get me a two by four or a four by six, something right there. Put me something, get up under there so I can get some traction so I can get up out of this hole and keep going now. Where I'm doing, I'm still making motion, but now my motion is moving me forward. And what's happening is a bad habit is motion that's taking you down. You're still doing, you're doing things, but you're not going anywhere. You're going down. That's unproductive. That's active, but not productive. Glory to God. Anybody know, know about that? Anybody ever find yourself being active, but not productive? <laughs> Busy going nowhere? Glory to God. All right, now, everybody say habit. Now, let's, let's define a habit from the dictionary here. A habit is a settled tendency. So just say the word tendency. So a settled tendency. So a habit, we can just simply say is a tendency. Something you tend to do. In other words, it's, pretty, it's become pretty predictable about your, your mannerism, your life. You tend to do this. What, th things we've called generational curses are not generational curses. They're generational tendencies. It's just repeated action. So a settled tendency or usual manner of behavior. It's a usual manner of behavior. You, you, ever, you be around somebody long enough or be married to them or dating them long enough, you kind of, I, I, know, I know how they're going to respond. If I bring them this, I know, I know what they're going to do. Right? No, nobody saying anything. All the married couples like, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. I can't read your eyes. Just say, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> they give me eyes like, you know, good or bad, you understand. Glory to God. How come, how come, you, didn't, how come you didn't say nothing to her? Because I knew if I said anything, she was going to click. She going to say something. I'm, just, I'm, check, I'm checking all the men. I'm checking all the men. I'm checking all the men. They can hear y'all now. Y'all know they can hear y'all, right? Okay. A usual manner of behavior. 
Okay, for example, uh, we know we've been reading uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, evil, communica evil co uh, company corrupts good habits. King James says good manners, right? So the word habits and manners is the same word. So you know, you ever say somebody, this, that child or that person has good manners? Why do, why do you say they have good manners? They have a habit, they've made a habit of acting a certain way. Good or bad. Okay? All right, so we're back here again. Again, uh, a settled tendency or usual manner of behavior. Listen to this next part here. An acquired mode of behavior, listen to this, that has become nearly or completely involuntary. This is, this is critical here. It has become nearly or completely, Thomas, involuntary, which means you do it without even thinking. It's a, it's a part of you. It's so instinctive that you just, you could do it without thinking about it. Right? You learn behaviors. And if you repeat those behaviors long enough, they become a part of you, uh, built into your motherboard. They become built into you such that you don't even have to think about it at all. For example, when I was, I remember when I was in elementary school or middle school, whatever it was, and we first learned how to write in cursive, then the next thing we discovered by the time I was in high school, how to sign something, your signature, right? How many of y'all remember when you first learned how to, you know, you kind of played around, you did your signature one way, and I don't like that, then you did it a different way, and I don't like that. Then, then, then by, by the time you got your first checking account, you, you had to have mastered how you do your signature and all that kind of good stuff. Now, if I were to ask you, hey, can you sign this? You could be watching TV, eating, eating a bag of chips. And just, And it's going to be the same way every time. Why? Because it's now involuntary. You've done it so much out of habit. It's such, it's such a habitual thing, you don't have to think about it anymore. All right? Now, we're talking about here a little bit of human behavior. Okay? Now, I don't want to get secular. I don't want to get into psychology. I'm just trying to make sure we understand uh, what it takes to break out of these cycles. Okay? So, again, that's what a habit is. It, it, it's something, behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. You got a habit of doing something, the moment somebody says something to you, you react a certain way. You just, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just, you just, natch, you just, you snap. You just, it's a habit. It's a habit. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's a habit. Soon as you get home, uh, you know, as soon as you get home, you take your shoes off, you throw your shoes off to the side. Come on, ladies, am I right? Y'all have any guys in your family do that? Soon as they I mean, come and just buy hat, just throw the shoes off to the side. <laughs> Habit. Honey, you know I don't like that. I'm sorry, I, I did it again. And you tell them 35 times. 35 times I've told you this, and how come you won't, you won't stop doing it? It's habit. It has become nearly or completely involuntary. 
It's so built in that when they walk into the house, the first thing they do is take the shoes off, throw the shoes off to the side. Are you catching this here? I just want you to see again, this is how habits work. And, and, and Pastor Kim, and sometimes it doesn't matter how much correction comes. How you squeeze the toothpaste tube, how you put the, the paper uh, towel or, or, or the, the bathroom tissue roll on, huh? Or, just, just whatever it is, whatever it is, all, all sorts of things. Are y'all hearing me? And there's all sorts of differences, husbands and wives have, or, you know, some of y'all single folk, you're going to find that out when you get married. You know, hey, that's how it is, right? It's, it's just, it's different. But it is a settled, listen, a settled tendency. You've settled into this way of operating. Other words, other words, if it's settled, which means you may have tried different things, but you settled into what was most comfortable to you. Try stacking the shoes neatly, but I just, I settled in and just throw them over there. Settled tendency. That means that means you 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 came down to where your soul said, "Okay, that's great, right there." No matter no matter what anybody told you, you came you came right back to that means that means if you you could, if you're a person used to uh, jacking up a car, you know, in the front yard and having the hood up, we gonna change the oil in the in the front front. You know, yard and 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 have all look everywhere, and you because you're in the hood. But then we take you and put you, you know, in 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 you know, uh, uh, Pasadena Yacht and Country Club, and and you what you gonna do? Okay, I'm gonna change how I do that. But what's gonna happen? No, you're gonna always settle back because that's where that's where your soul settled. You know, when something settles, it just, you can shift it, shift it, shift it, move it, move it until it finally, sh- okay, that's where it's good. So when it comes to, to uh, Barbara, we want to help people uh, uh, eat right and exercise and everything, and we're going, okay, we're going to start out running and start out doing all that kind of stuff, and they'll stay with you for a couple weeks until till they say, no, I don't like that, I don't like that, I settled right back into this. It's a settled tendency. Good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not talking about whether it's good or bad. I'm just talking about whatever it is, is where you settled in. And then, again, something, it becomes nearly or completely involuntary, where it's just instinctive. Just, it's just an, an intuitive reaction. Just boom, boom, boom. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. All right, now, 
1 Corinthians 15.33, rather, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, again, the New King James Version, do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. So habits are not necessarily bad. You can have good habits. How many of y'all think that there are some good habits you have? Tell the truth. Okay, good, good. Yeah, bathing, I think, is a good habit. Brushing your teeth more than once a day is a good habit. You know, hygiene, grooming, those are good habits. I don't want to call out a bunch of them because then y'all, you know. No, don't call it. So there are a lot of good habits. Going to work, being on time. Is a good habit. I said it's a good habit. And watch this. Go go back. Go back to that definition. Get that definition. Because if you're going on, if you're going to be on time to work, generally a person who's on time to work usually is on time everywhere. Because it's now a habit. It is it is a settled tendency, a usual manner of behavior. It becomes involuntary to me. So a person who's always, always late to work, I'm not surprised if they're, if they're late to church or late to a, the dinner or whatever. I'm not surprised by that because it's a settled tendency. And being late is a bad habit. How many of y'all will agree with that? Being late is a bad habit. And, but it, it's a habit that can be broken. But to be broken, you can't just be on time to break it. You have to go all the way back to a belief system. See, this is this is what this is this old oh, Jesus. This, this is this is what this is what uh, probably plagues the body of Christ. Is most of the body of Christ, uh, especially when you get into prosperity and faith teaching, is we actually get in our mind we want quick fixes. We, want, we don't want how to become rich. We want how to get rich. We want, Lord, make me rich. And don't understand, that's not how God operates. He has to deal with your belief system. He has to get all the way down to the root of something. Because he knows if you get the right root, then it'll produce the right fruit. But if you don't have the right root, you can fake the fruit long for a while. And most of in the body of Christ, especially in, in this kind of movement, don't, don't want to go through the, the labor that it takes to readjust who you are. So I can be late, I mean, I can be on time a couple times, but that doesn't make me punctual. The law of primacy, Barbie told us that years ago. I'll return back to my first nature, what I, what I really, what I've settled into. Before you know it, those bad habits, they reappear. And I find myself, I'm still in the same cycle. I'm still in the same rut. Thank you, Lord. 
So he says, evil company corrupts good habits. So you and I can and we should have good habits. Right? Now, would you agree then that good habits should produce good results? Okay, right. Now, I agree with that. If, if, if I have good habits continuously, then I should continuously see good results. Good habits. Glory to God. On the other hand, if I have now been corrupted, if my good habits have been corrupted, my good habits have been corrupted, so I can have a good habit that gets corrupted, then it'll continuously produce bad results. So we don't want bad habits because bad habits will produce bad results. Somebody defined insanity this way. It is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. That's insanity. Y'all wake up. Keep doing the same thing over and over again and want different results because you have uh, this sweepstakes mentality with God. Come on. You'd be amazed how many believers have sweepstakes mentalities. One day God just going to bless me. He's just going to pour out on me. He's just going to do something. God just going to do something. No, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. He works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So you got to let God work in you. And then as he works in you, then something gets worked out of you. Bad habits gets worked out. Good habits get worked in. Bad habits get worked out. Bad mannerisms get worked out. Good mannerisms get worked in. That begin to produce good results all the time. All right? Turn to scripture here, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Matter of fact, let's, let's go right to the uh, Passion Translation for sake of time, please. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Y'all need to wake up in the media team. They sleep back there. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8 in the Passion Translation. Glory to God. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Thank you, Lord. I know Passion kind of acts up a little bit. All right. It says, make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. So my harvest is based on what I plant. My harvest from what I plant. Now look at verse 8, please. Verse 8. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. So if I plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, then I can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. Remember we're talking about corrupt manners, manners being corrupted here. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. So if I, if I have a corrupt harvest, my corrupt harvest is because I have corrupt habits. My corrupt habits are, are because of corrupt seeds. Right. Right. Wow, sir. 
I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. Write this statement down. Every habit is a scattered seed. Every habit is a scattered seed that produces immediate and or future fruit. Every habit, this is, this is important. Every habit is a scattered seed. You understand you can have seed, but then you have scattered seed. Scattered seed is something that's been sown. Seed you just have, but seed, once you, when you sow it, you scatter it. That means you've put something out. You've done some action. So every habit, everything you and I do, good, bad, good or bad, every habit is a scattered seed that produces immediate and or future fruit. So if I have the habit of, of brushing my teeth every day, my immediate fruit that I get from that is fresh breath. Right? Amen. Fresh breath. Right? My gums clean. I clean my tongue, roof my all that kind of stuff. That's that's immediate. But my long term is, you know, I can maintain and keep my teeth longer. Right, right. Right. But if I have a bad habit of skipping that, huh? If I, come on now, help me out. If I skip brushing my teeth, my immediate fruit is bad breath. We call it halitosis. Long-term gingivitis. All kind of things get in there. You can get all kind of dental infection, abscesses, gum disease, huh? Poison. Yeah, that's what that's what it is. That's what we're talking about here. Heart disease. All that kind of stuff is related to not taking care of your teeth. Oh my 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 my! I mean, y'all see that on on on. Okay, bathing is a good habit yes. on a regular basis. You know, you know they have all kind of things, all these studies they put out now. That's, that's the, 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 the European world trying to have an influence on America. They're saying, hey, we're bathing too much over here. They say you don't need to bathe every day. They say you need to, only need to bathe maybe about uh, once or uh, twice a week at the most is what. This, just Google it. You'll, you'll see. Just, you get home, Google how often should we bathe. And they'll say all kind of studies now are saying we bathe too much. When you're bathing too much, you're drying out your skin. You're bathing too much and all, you, you know, you're losing the oils and all that kind of stuff. Amen. <laughs> okay. Y'all got this here. So, but in our culture... In our culture, everybody say culture. culture. In our culture, now there, there's a word that just came to me in our, from our culture. Um, get, get your Bible, uh, the, the Bible study to the, the Hebrew Greek on that 1533 there. It says evil communication Corrupts good manners. There's a, there's a word I'm looking for. Do you have it? Okay. 
So, but, so let me get back. Watch this final. So in our culture, though, we believe you should bathe daily. At least. At least. Am I right about it? Now, uh, the immediate results of I skip bathing a day, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple days. You, you want? No, listen, listen let, let me just tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm going to give a couple days because there are times, Gershman and I would tell you when we flew to Africa, you couldn't bathe each day because the, the flight was two days. You couldn't bathe. It was two days flight. You got you to you you get in that sink in the, in the shower, in the, uh, on the plane, throw a little something on you if you can because you could. Well, you can't, you won't pull up all the words. You all using crazy apps. A blue, like blue letter Bible. I don't know which word it is. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm just going to keep telling them until you see. Okay. I'm looking for the word. Let me do it. You do it. <laughs> and then your phone just no, did you it die. The you can't get <laughs> okay, that's what I'm looking for. Thank you. What is that? Blue letter Bible, something like that? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, let, 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 let me finish. Let me finish that. Okay, so, okay, if I don't bathe, what's the immediate fruit I get from that? Smelly. Remember, bacteria is on your body. It continues to grow. Eventually, you get some more fruit from that. Scabies and all kind of things. All, all those, those hygiene the, all those hygienic laws God gave to the children of Israel, the Levitical law, there's a whole lot of hygienic laws God gave to the children of Israel. The command on how to stay clean. You lose friends. Okay, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, when I, when I said that about European culture versus our culture, if you go back to 1 Corinthians 13, 15, the word manners in the King James, evil communication corrupts good manners. The word manners is, is, the, is the Greek word ethos, E-T-H-O-S, ethos, where we get the word ethnic. Okay? So ethos is a culture or manner of living. Yeah. Well, you had to work to get there, but it was right, it was right there. <laughs> so you, oh, you understand what I'm saying? So it, evil communication corrupts your mannerisms. It corrupts your culture, your way of living. It affects your morals, your character. So it gets down to the, to the root of who you actually are. It corrupts. So if you're... It's, it's kind of like Kirkland have a corrupt motherboard or corrupt hard drive on your computer. If it's, once it's corrupt, there's just nothing you can do. You have to go take it out, have somebody totally wipe it off because it's not going to produce anything. And it'll affect other areas. Okay? So that's what it is when we let our manners or our habits become corrupt. 
So then we're stuck in negative cycles. We're stuck in an evil cycle. Instead of being stuck in a good or a positive uh, cycle, we're stuck not in, in an evil cycle. That, yeah, they put up, thank you. Uh, ethos, the strength and form of, of uh, comes from moral habits and manners. A customary abode, dwelling place, a haunt, okay? Uh, or habitation, we get the word habitation from there too as well. Custom uh, uses morals or character. That's the key thing I wanted you to see here. So it's all about your culture, your manner, your way of living. Y'all got it. All right, now. Now what I tell y'all to write down again? What's the last thing I told y'all to write down? Okay. So if I have a habit of uh, being diligent, If I'm, if I'm diligent or being faithful, it's going to produce some immediate and future, future fruit as, as well, right? I'll be there. I'll be on time. I'll uh, eventually get promoted and increase and so on and so, so forth. Okay? All right, now, let me keep going here. So every one of us have habits. Tell your neighbor, I have habits. Okay, normally you hear somebody talk about, oh, they, they got a habit. Do you think you only think negative? But every one of us have habits, whether good or bad. What we want to do is eliminate the bad ones. Because the bad ones are the ones that are holding us back. The good ones, I want to make sure that they are actually good habits. And because those habits will be the ones that, that will, will propel us on to the things that God has for us. You got it? Now, so we all have habits. For example, eating. You have eating habits. Take heed how you eat. Right? We have eating habits. Right? You ever, you ever, you ever been sitting by somebody who they have a habit of smacking when they eat? Come on now. If you don't know anybody, it might be you. Right? Now that person, that person who smacks when they eat, is you, you tell them, you, you say, hey, stop smacking. Oh, I'm sorry. And they'll, they'll go, they'll start eating regularly and all of a sudden. Give them a few minutes, they're smacking again. It's a habit. It's become nearly or completely involuntary. And the thing about that kind of habit is, if you're by yourself, that's fine. Smack away, smackalicious. But if you got to sit with me, I need you to stop smacking. And you cannot go and stand before great men sitting in a, in a lunch with a CEO or the president of some corporation and you smacking all over the place. Those are bad mannerisms. Glory to God. So we all have habits, eating habits, uh, the, the kind of things we eat. 
when you're given a choice of, of what to eat. Hey, there's, all right, we, you go to the, to the, to the uh, corporate, to the, to the company, uh, we're going to have a staff meeting there, and they have a pile of donuts that's high, and then they have apples and bananas and oranges. And if your habit is always to gravitate towards that, come on now. And somebody say, oh, try the fruit. Try the fruit is good. You've settled into this manner of behavior. <laughs> you think just because just the donuts look good. It's not just that the donuts look good. It's because you've developed a habit. Well, I can't understand why my pressure's so high. I can't understand. Why my sugar, sugar, I don't can't understand. Why my sugar? You can't understand why your sugar, you have a habit. See, you think about the drug addict. Leave the drug addict alone. <laughs> right? So we have eating habits. We have sleeping habits. Right? Everybody has a sleeping habit. Couples, you get kind of, you grow kind of used to your partner's, your spouse's sleeping habits. You know, you know I have a habit of snoring. I do. I, I'm going to admit to it. I've never heard myself do it, but I believe. No, I ain't gonna say. I ain't gonna say I never heard. I have heard myself do it. I have, I have. Come on, tell the truth. You've heard it four point two, right? I've, I've heard myself. Like, what was that? You wake your, wake yourself up. And you know when it's the worst? When you're on an airplane. That is the worst, man. When you're still on an airplane. Oh my goodness, that's the worst thing. Like, who is that? <laughs> okay, or how you toss and turn. It's just, it's a habit. I wish you'd stop tossing and turning. It's a habit. It's a settled tendency. Now, I'm going to help you here. I'm going to help you here. And you know you, in that in sleeping pattern, you do that because you start noticing in your mattress, or in, your, in your bed, there's a, there's a rut that's, been, that's now in your, in your bed. Yep. Yep. Am I right about this? Now, I'm using these natural illustrations because we're going to get somewhere by Sunday on this that how, how deep these habits are and why we're not moving to the things of God the way we, we, we are supposed to be. But once you know it, you can fix it. You can fix it. So we have sleep eating habits and sleep habits. Glory to God. We have relational habits. In our relationships, some people have a habit of clicking. Some people are snapping. Just look down. Some people just have a habit of um, of of uh, lying in relationships. It's a habit. I'll move on. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip relationship. So eating, sleep, relational. Yes. 
Glory to God. Spiritual. We have spiritual habits, good or bad. Right? We know about our prayer lives and fasting and giving and uh, reading, spending time in the word and all those kind of things. Those are habits. Or skipping out on this and not doing that. And you know, so, so, so. those are spiritual habits. Good, bad, or indifferent. Financial habits. That's the biggest one I want to deal with, really. Because most people don't, most people, their financial rut is the biggest thing on their mind. Most folk, their financial, their spiritual ruts aren't even on their minds. Y'all ain't saying much to me, but I'm telling you. Most people, they, they can be in a spiritual rut and don't even, don't even, not even aware of it. How many of y'all know you can be in a spiritual rut? I have been there myself before. I'm not in one now. Thank you, Lord. I'm out of the rut. But you can get into a spiritual rut. But most people aren't. They ain't think about a spiritual rut. But that financial rut? Trying to make ends meet? Trying to get your ends just to see each other. They ain't got to meet. They, if I can get them to just say, be able to wave, hey, Ian, how you doing? Right? And people, you want to be out of that, right? Nobody wants to be like that. Nobody, nobody wants to be in a rut, the cycle of, you know, uh, tax time, baller, you know, the rest of the year, faller. You know, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't, nobody wants to be that. Help, I fall and I can't get up. You know what I'm saying? You know, nobody wants to be that way. Nobody wants to be, you know, you run, run out of money before the month is, is out. People's eating, eating cycles, ain't nobody really think about that. I got these bad eating habits. I ain't, I ain't care. That's what I was about to say. You get in a bad financial cycle, you're going to end up in a bad eating cycle. Because either one, you're trying to eat to make yourself feel good. Shucks, I ain't got the money anyway. I might as well go eat good. I ain't got the money to pay the bills. Or because you don't have no money, you stuck eating, eating uh, four for three fifty at Checkers. Yeah. Wendy's four for four, but Checkers got four for three fifty. You can do two spicy chicken sandwiches, fries, and a drink. Three fifty. You know it ain't no real meat. You know it ain't no real. When all you got is four dollars, you're like, you better get it. All right. So, th hey, th these these are realities, though. It may be comical, but I, I really I really can't impress this upon you enough. These are realities that are present in every person's life. You, either, either you have taken time and you've developed good habits that are producing good results, or you have settled into bad habits that consistently and constantly uh, produce bad results. And when you're stuck in those bad habits, those bad results, if, you, if nobody ever, ever shakes you and makes you aware of it, then you're stuck and you can't get unstuck. You stay right there. You'll settle in, and people come around you, they, they roll over into your rug. You ever had one of the mattresses? <laughs> My wife and I had a mattress one time. You, the, the, you know, everybody kind of rolled into the little hole. <laughs> See, Donna, y'all know about that. Y'all have always had the best. 
We had a match with just kind of, oh. hey, baby. I'm just telling you, I've, hey, been there, done that. Not anymore, but I've been there, done that. I know about it. I know about it for sure. For sure. Hallelujah. Oh, I remember we were taking that thing, man. We had, we got us a piece. Well, we had a plot, some plywood one time. We were trying to trying to settle, straighten that thing up underneath. It. We flipped the thing over and we were sleeping on the hard side. Ooh, thank you, Lord. We know about it. Yeah, priceless. All right, now, our behavior is driven by our subconscious mind. My behavior is driven by my subconscious mind. My subconscious mind is that person is the, is the what the Bible calls, calls uh, Peter said, the hidden man of the heart. Remember that? Pastor Roe, you know about that, the, the hidden man, the inner man, of the, the hidden man of the heart. In other words, there, there's a person inside you who's actually running everything. Crazy chick, dizzy dude, or that person that you've trained in the, in the word. But however you've trained her or him, that's who's running the show. Peter calls him the hidden man of the heart. Hidden man, hidden man of the heart. So there's a hidden man on the inside of you. That man or woman, that subconscious person is running the show. See, you think you're running the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this, this is a stat that comes right out, right out of the world. People who studied the brain, studied psychology, they know this. 80% or more of your daily activity is controlled by your subconscious mind. 80% or more of your daily activity is controlled by your subconscious mind. Tomorrow when you get up, how many of y'all have to work tomorrow? Okay, tomorrow when you get up, you're going to get dressed, mostly without thinking about it. You're going to get, grab the keys, you're going to go to the car, be on the phone while you're going to the car, unlock the car. Didn't even think about unlocking the car, but you're going to lock the car, get in, sit in, and you're gonna, not going to think about you're going to put the seatbelt on. You're not going to think about putting the seatbelt on. It's going to be an involuntary action. You're going to put the seatbelt on, and you're going you're gonna to crank the car up without thinking about it, and then you're going to drive to work while you're on the phone or you're praying or whatever you do while you're driving to work. It's not you driving to work. It's that hidden man is driving you to work. That's why you can drive to work every single day and not even think about it, it not even remember the trip. You cannot even remember the trip. You drove here tonight. You, you don't remember how you got. You don't remember everything happened on the trip you got here because you weren't driving. It's that hidden man of the heart driving. Well, this is good here. And it's that hidden man of the heart that's controlling 80% or more of the actions you, you uh, participate in every day. That's why we've got to make sure we train that hidden man of the heart according to the word. Because if not, 
then that inner man who's actually in control is leading you down the wrong path. Will have you repeating the same uh, destructive cycles, actions over and over and over again. You'll come in here, you'll hear the word and get excited. Yes, I believe that. But you go back home and that hidden man is running the show. Put that definition of, uh, of uh, habits back up there. And think now hidden man. A subtle tendency or usual manner of behavior. An acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. That's dictionary definition. Why? Because your hidden man is running things. Now listen to me very carefully. In the world, in the New Age movement, in the secular world, they, they try to master that hidden man. With, with the wrong stuff. They teach all kind of new age stuff. You, some of you guys been in the military. You've been in some of the special classes. They put you in the military, especially as you go up in officer and, and ranks and so, things like that. They get in there and train, try to train how to take control of that inner man from a secular standpoint. They do, I know they do it in business, how to, how to think and grow rich. They're trying to teach people how to train that inner man but they're doing it from a secular, demonic standpoint. That's why you can't get into that stuff. When we go paying for nobody's seminars to teach you that stuff because they're teaching from a demonic revelation that'll have you doing things, demonically inspired things. But you and I are supposed to be having having our senses trained, exercised, to discern evil and good. You and I are supposed to be spending time with the word of God, getting ourselves trained up in this, so that hidden man who's actually running the show is doing things God's way. Oh, man. I'm out of time here, but I, boy, I, we're, we're gonna get, we'll get more into this on Sunday. Get uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7. Y'all know this scripture very well. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Again, our behavior is driven by our subconscious mind or our belief system. It says here, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So we know the, the, the principle we always use from this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart. Doesn't matter what he says. See, it says eat and drink, he says to you. So notice a person can say something opposite of what's actually in their heart. All the time. They'll say things. Jesus, Jesus uh, 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 he talked about this. The prophets will say, uh, they, they praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So you can do something with your lips. You can do an action that is not coming out of your heart, but you won't do it long. Because you're going to always settle back into that tendency. So that's why, y'all listen to me very careful on here. That's why we always warn people about, about something called conference hype. Say, everybody say conference hype. 
conference hype, or we can say camp meeting hype, or revival meeting hype, is when Apostle Durbin comes in here and says, he preaches how to become rich, gives these 12 steps, and boy, you, you, oh, you're so excited. And you go, I'm going to charge at the gate. Bam, I'm going on this thing here. But didn't take the time to reprogram that hidden man of your heart. You'll be right back. You must all constantly confess, I am rich. You must have a constant, I am rich confession. And so here you are, I'm rich. You do it three days. Fourth day, you're like, man, I'm broke. It's cool to brown. Boy, I'm broken, broken. <laughs> Why, what's happened? Because the hidden man of the heart takes back over. Y'all getting this here? Yes. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposing what we received in the conference. I'm trying to show you how to take what we got in the conference and now make it reality. How to walk out those 12 must statements and see the fruit in our lives. Y'all got this here? So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. His heart is not with you. So he, he was able to take 20%, that other 20%. Remember I told you 80% of your actions are controlled by your inner man or something? He was able to, able to take in the 20% and say, hey, eat. Eat whatever you want. Hey, order whatever you want. That was a 20%. He squeezed out. But on the inside. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you this here, and we're going to get ready to shut it down here. There's something called the habit cycle. The habit cycle. I want to help you identify this here, and we'll Sunday, we'll, 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 we'll break them. Okay. All right? The habit cycle works like this. There are triggers, what you might call stimuli, triggers that initiate behaviors which lead to rewards, which reinforce the triggers. Do y'all have that graphic up there? I want to see, y'all can see how this looks. Triggers initiate behaviors. Behaviors lead to rewards. The rewards reinforce the trigger. Okay, for example, um, a trigger could be you got a call with bad news, trigger. It triggered a reaction from you. You then, it initiates a behavior. How, how, now how do I respond to that trigger? Uh, either I'm gonna get mad and stop busting a wall open, or I'm gonna get sad and I'm gonna eat a half pint of ice cream or a whole pint, half gallon. No, no, let's think about it. People, people who have um, food addictions or they, 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 they have relationship with food. Emotional eating is what, thank you, that's the word. Emotional eating. Y'all never heard of this, right? Y'all heard it. Emo, you may not heard it, but you know it. Emotional eating where something makes you upset or sad, so I eat to comfort myself. We, we specialize in our, in our neighborhood with something called comfort food. 
Y'all know comfort, soul food, comfort food. I need some turkey wings, some yellow rice, some lima beans, some cornbread, some macaroni and cheese. So we got cornbread, macaroni and cheese, and yellow rice. All starch, 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 and sweet tea to wash it down. Because now I, I want to feel better. And then a piece of chocolate cake. Now what, what am I doing? When I do that, that behavior, I get the reward of the endorphins being released. I feel better now. Whew, I feel better. Well, what that, that did, it reinforced that trigger again. Because now when I go and I look at, oh, look, I, I feel fat or whatever it is, it just reinforced the trigger. So that's why it's called a cycle. So there are, there are sleep cycles, these bad habits, eating, spiritual, relational, financial, trigger, trigger, something triggers you, I just got to go buy something. Just got to go buy something. Well, when I buy something, I get the reward of, look what I got, something brand new. Oh, look at that. Which simply just, all it did was reinforce the trigger in the first place. And then I got to keep going. I keep doing the same thing over and over again because I want, I, want, I want to feel that reward feeling over and over and over again. I get that little, uh, in the natural, these little brain spurts. In the, that's in the, that happens in your brain, literally. These little brain spurts you get when you... Oh, I feel good now. The chemicals wash over your brain. Is endorphins, is that what it's called? That are released that just wash over you. You feel... That's, it's, it's right. Drug addicts go to have the same thing happen to them. Cell phones are doing the same thing. It's that satisfaction, that reward. And what happens is people are stuck now in a cycle of repeating the same action over and over and over again, and nothing ever improves, nothing ever gets better because they're stuck in this cycle. So we gotta know how to get out of that. All right. So what we have to do is get to that inner man. We gotta get to that hidden man of the heart. We gotta get down to the real guy or the real girl on the inside of you that's really running the show. And we got to get that real guy or that real girl inside of you. Um, you know, the Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So we got to get to a point where the word of Christ dwells in us richly. Because then that'll control him and her with the word. And then we got to be filled with the spirit, not drunk with wine, filled with the spirit. Because when that happens, we're filled with the Spirit. Now, we, we yield to the Spirit's control. The Bible says, Galatians 5, uh, 22, the fruit of a Spirit-filled life is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, against such there is no law. So good things are going to come out when that, that real person inside you is now under the Spirit's control. All right. So let's close out from here. Because this might be why bad things keep happening to good people. It's failure to break habits. Failure to break bad habits. 
This is how somebody can come on Sunday and be filled with the joy of the Lord because God's presence has been here. And by Wednesday, they're, they're depressed again. How can you go from being filled with joy on Sunday in God's presence and by Wednesday you're depressed? You mean the joy of the Lord? Joy unspeakable, full of glory? And then be depressed by Wednesday? Because you went back to repeating those actions that would plunge you back into depression. This is how somebody can sit under a healing anointing and yet stay sick. You sit under a healing anointing and stay sick. It's, be, it's not that the healing doesn't work. It's not that the anointing doesn't work. It's just there are habits that are repeated. There are habits, cycles that are repeated. That, that hidden man of the heart Although you receive healing, somebody lay hands on you. You know when you get hands laid on you, you always get healed. Am I right about it? If not, Jesus is a liar. If not, he's a liar. And he's not a liar. He said, we shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So if he said that, then that means healing always comes. So if something doesn't manifest, then it's not him. And it's not that the healing doesn't come. It's that cycle comes from that hidden man of the heart who keeps telling you, yeah, but. One symptom show up and, yep, see, yep, see, that hidden man who's running the show. And finally, this might explain why a tither, sower, partner, giver, First fruit giver can still be broke or stuck in a financial rut because of failure to break bad habits. It's not that the seed doesn't work. The seed always works. If not, God is a liar. And God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He's not a liar. So the seed always works. The tithe always works. If not, God is a liar. So it's not him. I got to find out, what is my hidden man doing? What is that guy that's running the show? What is he doing? What is he saying? Absolutely, sir. Let me close here. Let me close here. Remember I gave you in, on the tipping point message, I gave you tipping point critical mass, six things you got to do? Yes. You know, the teens are still going through that. They're going through that tonight. So I got to ask for that hidden man of the heart, what am I believing? What am I believing? What am I, what am I believing? What's, what is that? See, the, the believing is down in the hidden man of the heart. Then, what are my prayer habits? Y'all didn't say anything. What are my prayer habits? Well, you just pray out of habit. Good. Jesus pray out of habit. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, the Bible said Jesus went out to pray as was his habit. His custom was. He prayed out of habit. You ought to have, just have a habit of praying. I'm going to get up at 5 or 6 or 7 or whatever. I'm just going to pray. 
So if you work in the morning, I'm going to get up at 5 in the p.m., I'm going to pray. Just out of habit. But that ain't effective. Start there. Start praying just out of habit. And then when you are praying, what are you praying? Okay? So what are my prayer habits? Then what am I in the habit of saying? What am I in the habit of saying? Because you got to say something. You're the prophet of your own life. You got to say something. What am I in the habit of saying? When, in other words, a habit, when something is, you're saying is a habit, I can wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you're going to say something right. If I catch you off guard, you open your mouth, something good's going to come out, the right confession. See, if, it's, if not, then it's not a habit yet, which means it's not really down in the hidden man of your heart yet. You got, you got to keep working with it till you work it down. Work that word down into your heart. So rather than you spitting seed, you're now giving off the fruit of your lips. Glory to God. So what am I in the habit of saying? What are my sowing habits? It's all right to say that's good. What, what are my sowing habits? Remember, because that's one of the things, what am I sowing? Well, what are my sowing habits? What's my sowing habit? Do I have a habit of sowing yet? Or do I do this little chintzy responsive sowing? Pastor said a word. Let me let me go throw something in, you know on the on the thing. That ain't sewing. That is not sewing. That's not what sewing is. A farmer doesn't wait till oh the ground says something. A farmer just sows. That's what he does. He sows as a, as a lifestyle. What are what are my sewing habits? The Lord had to get on me about that. Lord, they get on me about that because, because he made me realize I, 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 I'm a sower, but he made me realize I was I got into a sewing habit that I hadn't changed. I hadn't I hadn't upgraded. I was in a sewing rut. In other words, I was still sowing the same seed that I, I was sowing before I got out of debt. My wife and I have been partners with people, various people, and 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 ministry and so forth. And and I looked up one day, and this was this was uh Earlier this year, we've been out of debt since 2017. And I'm, I'm sitting there one day getting ready to do, my, do, my, do our partnerships and everything. And he said, what is that? I'm like, this is my partnership. He said, that's the same partnership you had when you were in debt. Come over here. He said, that's the same partnership you had when you were in debt. How you, how you giving the same thing today as you did when you were in debt? Then he had me, had me check, check your offering, check your offering. Oh, I realize I've been giving the same offering every time I came in here. He said, I don't brought you out of debt everything. You better increase that offering. See, he got, he got us out of a rut. You can get into a sowing rut. I know y'all don't want to hear this part, but you can get into a sowing rut. And I'm going to get this. This is my same old $20. My same old $20. My, my same old, ha ha, like, you know, God better just take that. God don't need your little $20. It ain't about your, it ain't about your 500 It ain't about that. You think God, the owner of heaven and earth, needs your little seed? It ain't about that. It's about what he's doing in you. And that's what he, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm just testifying because he had to get on me. 
He got on me good. I was like, ooh, my bad. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Let me increase that seed right there. Praise the Lord. Okay. Matter of fact, he told me, he told me, get in on everything. He told me that just a few weeks ago. He said, get in on everything. What do you mean get on everything? Every opportunity that comes up, get in on it. See, that means even if you, you see, you know, the little children on TV and they got the flies around their, around their face, you're like, I can't, I don't have time. I'm already, I'm already sworn to that. Give them something. Got a letter the other day from a ministry. They're trying to buy a new plane. You know, my, my, my mind, I, I don't have a million dollars to give you no plane. I have a hundred thousand. What you got? What you got? Come on. This is how the Holy Ghost talking to me. What you got? Get in and get something. Send something. Come on, sir. See, I'm talking about, see, what happens though, if you're, if you're not listening to God, you can get stuck in a sowing rut. That's why God challenged us. Come, come bust it into this year. I need you to sow, I sow a major seed coming in this year. What? Like that? What? Yes. Well, I already told y'all. He told us to sow five thousand dollars. Yeah, you've been we've been sowing thousand like it ain't nothing. Thousand, yeah, we just thousand dollars, thousand dollars, thousand here, thousand there, thousand. God said no. This time, sow five thousand. Okay. God didn't need our five thousand. We needed to get out of the thousand dollar rut. We were in a thousand dollar rut. I'm trying, baby. I'm trying. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it'll be ten thousand soon. It'll be fifty thousand soon. Not that we're trying to receive. Talking about that, we're trying to sow. Think about you. <laughs> Y'all nervous? I'm talking about what we're trying to sow. What, what am I in the habit of doing? What are my action habits? Am I stuck in an action rut? So predictable with my actions. What are my praise habits? Some people can be stuck in a praise rut. The praise cycle. I'm going to give God just enough right here. <laughs> That's enough, Lord. Dance. That's enough, Lord. You're in a rut. And you want God to do something crazy for you. And your dance look like this. You're in a rut. Habits come out of our subconscious mind. Habits come out of our subconscious mind. Our belief system that will only go as far as our belief system will let us go. 
That's why our minds must be renewed. Let's close at Romans 12 2. Let's close Romans 12 2. We'll probably pick up on that Sunday. Y'all come back Sunday now. You hear? Y'all come back now. You hear? Because I'm here to help you. He, he's helping me. So I want to help you. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed, be changed by the renewing of that subconscious man, by the renewing of that hidden man of your heart, by the renewing of that inner man. You got to have that guy changed. Your life gets changed when you change him. Other than that, you can be stuck in habits, stuck in cycles because you still have uh, habits that aren't producing anything in your life. Amen? Amen. But we're breaking out of every habit. You don't need 12 steps to break out of smoking. Or drinking. You don't. Out of any kind of addiction. You don't need 12 steps to do it. You don't need therapy. Need therapy? I can walk you right through the word and show you how to break out of every single addiction, every single thing that has people bound up. It's in the word. It's in the word, and it's for free. I'm, I'm not even gonna charge you for it. Come on, get on your feet. Let's get ready to go. <laughs> glory to God. 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 Come on, let the Lord know you appreciate this word tonight. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. We praise you from the depths of our hearts. We praise you. From the depths of our souls, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. From our innermost being, we praise you. We bless you, Lord, all our souls and all that is within us. We bless your holy name. We praise you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight for the word. Thank you for your instruction, correction, rebuke, reproof, convincing. Thank you, Lord, that what we've received tonight will help break open to us those issues, those things that have been holding us back. Thank you, Lord, for the progress we have made. Thank you for the improvements that we have seen. But Lord, we know that we're nowhere close to your divine plan for our lives. Thank you, Father, Lord. We don't want to be stuck in a rut of better, stuck in a rut of just because we got a little improvement, Lord, that we can, we can hit ruts there and yeah. cycles there, Lord. We don't want that, God. We want to move uh, on further into the things of God, further into what you have for us, God. Because, God, what you have for us is way beyond ourselves, way beyond us. How you want us to reach nations, how you want us to reach cities, how you want us to reach whole people groups, oh God, how you want us to reach... Lord, the masses for you, Lord. It's way beyond us. And so, God, thank you that, God, you are sharpening us, building us in our character, changing us, 
we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds, O oh God, that we may become uh, the people you've called us to be, that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We pray tonight, Father, that each and every one of us, you'll help to identify what are those habits that we have that are not producing good fruit? What are those habits that are causing us to be stuck and moving no further? I pray, Father, that we'll recognize that, Lord, we don't have to be stuck any longer. But you've already given us the power by the blood, by the seed, by the blessing to break out of every evil cycle that, Lord, we don't have to, have to deal with any evil in our lives whatsoever, no trouble. Thank you, Father. We refuse any more trouble. And God, I pray that each person tonight will begin to develop those good habits. I pray, Lord, that we'll develop the good habits of prayer, the good habits of meditating on your word, the good habits of fasting, the good habits of coming to church, the good habits of praising you all the time, the good habits of dancing, the good habits of singing in the spirit, the good habits of praying in the spirit, the good habits, Father, of talking to you all the time, the good habits of practicing your presence all day long. And I pray, Father, that these, your precious people, will begin to conquer everything that's been holding us back and that God will move further into the things of God, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. 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 Give God one more grand hand of praise tonight.